You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans have quit that streak of alternating wins and losses, now with a back-to-back loss after a 123-115 defeat to the Milwaukee Bucks, a game that leaves the Pelicans 15-17 and after 32 games played. Not ideal. We'll recap this game, a game where the Pelicans were up, and actually looked pretty good, despite an Anthony Davis illness. It was kind of weird. We'll recap this one for you, let you know what you missed if you didn't watch it, which I know a lot of people aren't right now. We also do need to talk about it, because it's been in the news, about what LeBron said regarding Anthony Davis, and this becomes even more, I guess, hyper-aware for everyone, with the Pelicans set to take on the Lakers in L.A., on Friday. This was basically the big story of yesterday, and it's probably going to continue through the weekend. So we'll talk about that, what it means, whether you should be worried, whether you shouldn't be worried, and a little bit more with that. I also want to point out a stat that we'll talk about in the third segment that Scott Kushner retweeted. I'll find the original thing before we start recording. But the days the Pelicans have been a winning team during the NBA season over the past decade, it's not great. And it probably ties into maybe why Anthony Davis could be, could be a little bit upset and maybe not wanting to play basketball here in the future. So we'll talk about all of that and maybe one or two other things that come up as I record this here in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So the Pelicans fell Wednesday night to the Milwaukee Bucks 123-115, a game in which the Pelicans had a seven-point lead. And you look at kind of a number of different things, and it seems like New Orleans really could have won this one, and that's true. After, you know, playing the Bucks tight in the opening frame, only going down two there, Pelicans kind of rallied back and scored 35 points in the second quarter. That's with Anthony Davis leaving the game, what looked like an ankle injury at first, and then it turns out it was an illness. He was listed as questionable to return a stomach issue. You can all just assume what that means. He was in the locker room for quite a while. Came as a bit of a shock. It sounded like, though, this was going on pregame. He wanted to give it a go, and then the issues crept up, and he had to leave the game for a little bit. Okay, the big story this one from that, though, is in his place came Jalil Okafor, who played exceedingly well in the 13 minutes he was on the court. Six of eight from the field, 17 points. He got to the line seven times, grabbed three rebounds as well. 17 points in 13 minutes on eight shots. That is an awesome night. I think you're going to see Okafor in the rotation a little bit more. Pelicans fans have been waiting for this for a while, and it was really nice to see. He has a very... Easy to slot him in role, and that's big man off the bench. That is the go-to score for the bench unit. And he was putting up his points against the Milwaukee Bucks starters. That's got to give him confidence. It's got to give the coaching staff confidence. Should give you all some confidence, too. I was pretty impressed with his play. He was aggressive. He was getting in the paint, looking to score down there. That's, I mean, the only place he can really score. And he was getting fouled and going to the line because of that aggressiveness. Awesome. 
I, you know, the people are questioning why was he not in the game in crunch time to close it out when the Pelicans were not getting any shots inside. If you look at the fourth quarter, basically it was jumpers and three pointers and no points in the paint, really, no real aggressive attacking. When you're trotting out, really, Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis are the two scoring threats there, and you don't really get any contribution from Darius Miller, Solomon Hill, Tim Frazier, each one more, any of those guys, it's not going to matter who's out on the court. The Bucks were clogging the lane, trying to take that away from Anthony Davis, trying to take away the dribble penetration from Drew Holiday, and they did it because no one was able to make them pay. This is similar to what you saw the Miami Heat do to the Pelicans with that 2-3 zone. I don't know. i got to rewatch it to really see if it was a zone here, but basically, they took away anyone that was uh, named Anthony Davis or Drew Holiday and let those other guys beat him. And they didn't. And it was kind of as simple as that. And if those guys aren't going to hit shots to take at least some of the pressure off, it's not going to matter. They would have doubled Okafor down low and then you would have had AD on the perimeter. It's not a much better situation. The Bucks also were playing very small and they go five out most of the time, five guys on the perimeter. I don't think you want Okafor out there to defend out in space like that. Basically, it's not going to make it easy on them. Even Giannis stands out there. So you're kind of damned no matter what you do. There's just no real lineup to put him back in late in the fourth quarter in this one. Other notable things from the game, Darius Miller, 20 points, particularly great in the first half of the game. Six of 11 from deep and then didn't shoot well from three in the fourth quarter. And what are you going to do? Solomon Hill in 32 minutes of action, three points. Five rebounds. That's it. And three assists, I guess. You could throw that in there, too. Not great or something impactful at all. Anthony Davis in 30 minutes, which is probably good. He needed a bit of a rest, too, even with the days off. Um, Because of that stomach illness, 27 points, 11 boards on just 18 shots in just 30 minutes. Those are good. He was good in this one. And he took nine shots in the fourth quarter. That's more than we've seen him in some of these other contests when he's kind of just faded away. So at least you saw him going out there trying to score 11 points in the fourth. You can't ask for a ton more than that um, if you want to have some realistic expectations on it. Drew Holiday was great in this one. 25 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 of 9 from deep. By the way, Anthony Davis Four made threes in this one. That was pretty great. Tim Frazier in 24 and a half minutes, two points, uh, three assists. He wasn't good. His key there is just to unlock Drew Holiday, which it did, so it's fine. Whatever. Etwan Moore, seven points, four assists. Not a great shooting night from him. Then you basically didn't get much else from anyone. Wesley Johnson scored two points. Andrew Harrison, limited minutes, didn't do anything, really. Check Diallo in limited minutes, didn't do anything. Frank Jackson did get 18 minutes of burn in this one. Three of five from the field, eight points. He's better when he's attacking the rim than kind of playing on the perimeter. He's still got to kind of figure that out a little bit more. But again, he shows talent. He's going to make it in the NBA. I feel pretty confident in saying that. Just it's not there just yet. Pelicans limited turnovers after the first quarter where they had six. Finished with just 15 on the night, which is pretty good for them. 21 turnover points, though, scored by the Bucks. If you want to look at the box score and go, where the hell did they lose this one? It's maybe points in the paint. 54 from Milwaukee, 38 for New Orleans. They're not scoring more than 38 points in the paint. They're going to lose very many games, as they've been doing recently. And that's kind of just what happened in this one. Look, they were shorthanded. There was no Julius Randle, no Nikola Mirotic, still no Alfred Payton. And Anthony Davis exited the game for basically 12 minutes of it. 
yeah, you know, this was probably going to happen. 123-115 isn't the worst score that it could have been. I think they played much better in this game than they did against the Miami Heat when they were at home and a little bit healthier. So at least that's an encouraging sign if you're looking for some silver linings. But again, it's a loss. They're under 500, 15-17 going to LA now, which is going to tie into the next topic. And something, if you're a Pelicans fan, you're going to hear a whole lot about over probably the next, I don't know, five days, seven days, something like that. So we'll touch on that coming right up here on Locked On Pelicans. So things are going on around the NBA very quickly, and there's one podcast you've got to listen to if you want to catch up on everything you need to know going on around the association. That is the Daily Locked On NBA podcast, Monday through Friday, covering everything you want to know about the league, the biggest stories, the recapping the games from the night before. If there's one podcast to listen to other than Locked On Pelicans, it is certainly, without a doubt, Locked On NBA. And of course, I'm on there every Wednesday alongside John Corrales, co-hosting the Locked On NBA podcast. We have a lot of fun on there. We basically always do just a fun, weird third segment where we can just get silly with it and be ourselves. So you've got to make sure you listen to that. As always, make sure to listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So we've got to talk about the LeBron comments. I'm not going to pull them up directly here. But basically, he was asked the other day, would you like to play with Anthony Davis? or What would it be like to play with Anthony Davis? And he responded basically saying like, yeah, it would be amazing. Duh, it would be amazing. He's so good. Can you imagine us playing together? And it's in response to a question. And then ESPN ran with it. And they've talked about it on all sorts of platforms, basically all of theirs over the past day. And you're going to hear it, you know, for the next couple of days since the Pelicans do travel to L.A. to take on the Lakers on Friday, ESPN primetime matchup Friday night. And I'm sure A.D. will get asked about it while he's out there, too. So, look, this is what we know and what's going on in the situation with everything. First, these comments mean nothing and they're also not tampering. It's tampering is trying to sign a guy to a contract. This is not trying to sign a guy to a contract. Dell Demps has said to Will Guillory and Jen Hale that they'll just let the league handle it if it is, and they're not concerned about it because they have no intention of trading Anthony Davis whatsoever. And he's under contract this year. He's under contract next year, too, and then he's got a player option after that. So it's at least one more guaranteed year if the Pelicans want to keep him in New Orleans. Simple as that. The other thing is Anthony Davis is not talked about wanting to leave the team or go somewhere else or anything like that, at least publicly. He's not said, I want to be traded. This is not a Jimmy Butler type situation here in New Orleans, which renders LeBron's you know hopes and dreams even more moot. You want to know something? There's 29 other teams that would love to have Anthony Davis on it. And that would all trade for Anthony Davis if given the opportunity. I guarantee you every single other player in the league that's not on the Pelicans, every single other player has the same thoughts of, yeah, it'd be awesome to play alongside Anthony Davis. Maybe there's one stupid outlier out there who would say, no, I don't want to play with him or whatever. But basically every other player in the league would love to play basketball with Anthony Davis. Be willing to bet you, dear listener, would love to play basketball with Anthony Davis. I, Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, at Nola Jake on Twitter, would love to play basketball with Anthony Davis. Everyone in the world probably would love to play basketball with Anthony Davis. The only people that do get to play basketball with Anthony Davis are his teammates on this Pelicans squad, and then, you know, Team USA when he plays for them. But right now, it's just these guys on the Pels, and that's it. And no one can change that other than Del Dems, basically, and ownership. That's it. Nothing else. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. Saw something out there that said, why doesn't AD just come out and say, I don't want to be traded or anything like that? 
here's the real reason that you haven't heard him speak as much about this. I don't think he knows the answer. I think he really does like it here in New Orleans. He really likes this team um, from top to bottom, from ownership to his teammates to the other staffers on this uh, with the franchise. And I don't think he knows because he's focused on just trying to win right now and not trying to figure out where he's going to play in two years after this season and next season. That's what it is. I don't think he's focused on that because that would be a pretty bad move if you're an NBA player. I don't think he knows what he wants to do, so he's not going to say anything other than, I'm just focused on the team right now, because that's the truth. Someone says, why doesn't he come out and say it like Kyrie? Here's the thing with Kyrie Irving, who's an impending free agent. They're, they're different situations. Kyrie is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. He has already been in touch with the Celtics since he plays for him. They've probably talked about what the contract's going to be, and they basically have come to an agreement. AD doesn't know what he wants to do yet because he doesn't have to make a decision on his future right now. So he's not going to. So that's why. I don't think he's gone to the Pelicans that I want to trade or I, w- I will sign the Supermax or I won't sign the Supermax. He doesn't know if he's going to accept the Supermax or not. It might take some time for him before he figures that out. It might go into free agency. I think that's just kind of what this is and what it means right now. So it's just kind of a lot of talk about nothing and you can either let it bother you or you can not let it bother you. And, you know, personally... As I drop something here, I I don't like to tell people what to do or how to think. I'm not even a big fan of saying, like, your take is bad. I, I don't have any sort of thought or authority to, to say anything like that. I'm just a dude with a podcast and a blog who's been doing this for almost 10 years now, whose opinion you seem to trust. So I give my opinion on the Pelicans, and you can either listen to me or not. It's up to you to decide. I don't decide what else is good or bad, just as I don't tell people what to do or not. People make their own choices. That's why we have free will. But I'll give you a piece of advice just because I've seen it a lot recently. If you're frustrated or upset with this team from the losing, let's start there, then don't watch. It's okay. This team isn't going anywhere. They'll be back ready to have you watch and, and listen to them and pay attention to them when you're feeling a little bit better. Don't watch and be miserable. Life's too short for that sort of thing. If the Anthony Davis trade talk is making this season miserable for you, don't watch it. When this stuff comes up, change the channel whether it's TV or radio, if there's people on Twitter that are bugging you that are coming into your timeline, block them, mute them, or just get off Twitter for a little bit. I've been using it less this year. It's made my life a little bit better. But do what you want. But if it's making you miserable, man, or lady, come on now. It's just, it's not worth getting up in arms over, especially when you know nothing can happen this year. Feel secure in that knowledge. He's not getting traded this year. If he decides to take that Supermax or not, that's when we kind of have an idea and then you can prepare for it. But right now, it's not worth getting worked up over because you're getting worked up over stupid things that other people are saying that have no stake in this whatsoever and no control over it. And it's just, not, again, it's a friendly piece of advice. I think you kind of see where I'm going. Enjoy this. It's fun. I liked watching the game against the Milwaukee Bucks, even though they lost. It's kind of, you know, how it goes. I like basketball. It's as simple as that. So just enjoy the basketball. If it's other stuff, stay away from it. No one's making you. And it doesn't take away from your enjoyment of the sport and other things, at least I hope. And if it is, again, friendly advice. I'm not telling you what to do. You know, do, you know try and not do that. And if it is, I can't help you and you're just going to be miserable. And, and that's that. That doesn't sound like a way to live.
So enough life advice from me there, but that's kind of the situation regarding Anthony Davis and the Lakers and all that. Basically, it's just much ado about nothing. So we now do need to switch gears, talk about the Pelicans and the record, but not just this season, but over the past number of years. Before I do that, don't forget the Locked On Podcast Network is doing awesome things on Twitter. When you're sitting in for a night of action and you just kind of want to follow along with the games, it can be tough. Your timeline gets crowded. It gets a little bit overwhelming. We got one feed, though. It's at Locked On NBA Net, one Twitter handle, at Locked On NBA Net, that makes it easy to stay and keep up with everything that's going on, all of the action. It retweets basically all. All of the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts giving you their insight into the games. You want just a curated feed of basketball knowledge? It is at Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. When there's breaking news, when there's big stories circulating around the NBA, it is the thing to follow to get the host from the local guy who knows what's going on with that team. So make sure you follow at Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. So I want to end today's podcast talking about a graphic tweeted out by Tom Haberstrow, and it's pretty interesting. It is the percentage of days above and below 500 in the past 10 season during like in-game days, basically. So it's which team has been above 500 for the longest, which team has been below 500 for the longest. The top, which it should be pretty obvious, especially based over the past 10 seasons, are the San Antonio Spurs. They've been above 500 for 96% of that time, below 500 just 4% of the time. This is an unbelievably impressive mark. Next closest is OKC at 86%. uh, And then it drops a little bit to Atlanta, actually, at 75%. Houston, 73%. The uh, the Clippers at 71%, and then finally you get to the Golden State Warriors tied with Miami for 70%. That shows you how damn good the Spurs have been for the last decade that they are that far ahead of everybody. On the flip side, the bottom is the Sacramento Kings have been above 500 for just 6% of the time and below it 94% of the time. That is a pretty staggering number. The next closest is actually Brooklyn, who's been above 514% of the time. So there's a pretty big jump there. So let's talk about where the Pelicans are. Take a quick moment to kind of guess what percentage of time would you say they're above 500 over the past 10 years versus below 500? All right, we don't have um, a mixer to play like the Jeopardy music there during it. Um, But the answer is 33% of the time they've been above 500, so below 500, 77% of the time. I'm assuming this means if you are 500, it's not factoring that in whatsoever. So 33% of the time they've been below 500. That's bad. I mean, it's you at least kind of want to maybe be 50-50 would be ideal, Uh, The closest to that would be Utah at 48% or Cleveland at 53%. But that's pretty, pretty awful to only have a winning record 33% of the time throughout the past 10 seasons. Now that, you know, brings into periods where Anthony Davis wasn't here. The first couple seasons of him when he was here and they weren't very good. And I mean, there's only been two playoff years, three playoff years really in the past 10 years for this this franchise you have that one with Chris Paul in his last go round with the then Hornets against the Lakers you've got AD's first run the sweep against the Warriors in the first round then you have last year's season where they made it to the second round before losing to the Golden State Warriors where they did at least take a game off of them after a sweep of the first round when people wonder and just kind of want to turn this team off and not pay attention to them 
it's because of a stat like this, you know, I am fully a believer that it takes a lot of time in winning usually to build up a fan base. And, you know, now you look at the Saints and they're selling things out. They have a very loyal and passionate fan base that was around, but they weren't selling out those games when they were the terrible, terrible Saints, the bag-wearing Saints, or even in like the mid-2000s. When I moved here in 08, you get tickets and season tickets for like no money. Sorry, 04 is when I moved here um, for college. And you could get season tickets for basically nothing during that time just because they weren't good. Saints fans have a weird kind of cult-like... Um, appeal to it because they've been through the muck together for so long that it's just, okay, they're due, they're finally enjoying this. And it's been built up over a period of, you know, 40, 50 years here. 50, I guess, is really the number. The Pelicans have only been here for however long, and it's not that, and it takes longer than that to build a franchise. And either you need to have the team be here for 50 years where it's ingrained in the culture and it just hasn't been long enough for that, or you need to win. And you win and you're consistently good. You will certainly you know, have a loyal fan base, but 33% is not going to get it done. Memphis Grizzlies, if you want to kind of compare it because the market size is similar, 68% of the time they've been above 500. Yes, they're basically the only game in town there, but it's still pretty cool to see that they have a strong, loyal fan base that's been built up over these past 10 years because they've been good. And the Pelicans just do not have that. And I think it's one of the things when people say this is a football town or whatever, or the, it's not a basketball. Support if it's winning. And if 50 years of the team's still here, they will support it whether it's winning or losing, I think. But they're just not there yet. And certainly 33% isn't helping you do that. So kind of a disappointing number to see that really puts it in the larger context of things. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.